Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. Mittwoch, 20 Uhr. Herzlich willkommen zu Ask Lou and Lada with Burlesque on Air, der weltweit ersten Burlesque-Radiosendung mit Lady Lou und Lada Redstar. Ich bin auch als Co-Moderatorin dabei, Susan. Heute interviewen wir die Briefs, die Burlesque-Stars und Burlesque-Hall of Fame-Gewinner, die hier gerade in Berlin mit ihrer Burlesque-Show sind. Außerdem interviewen wir auch Ladas Fitnesstrainer Christian Gobel. Und ja, einiges mehr wird noch passieren. Hallo, Lady Lou und Lada Redstar. Hello. Hello, listeners. Dear listeners of Alex Radio, and we're back with the seventh episode of Ask Lou and Lada, your monthly appointment with kink, sugar life, and everything that is burlesque. So how can you enter our secret sugar lives? By sending us your questions by email on questions.burlesconair at gmail.com or even better by sending us a voice message on our Facebook page www.facebook.com slash burlesconair. And if you don't know how to do that, you will gonna find a very funny video tutorial on our Facebook page. So don't hesitate to send us your questions. Oh my God, we are getting to the most exciting part of the show for me personally, because I want to know everything about your pregnant woman's sex life, Lady Lou. So how is it sex on six months of pregnancy? Oh no, I hate to disappoint you, Lada. What do you mean? I'm sure our listeners want to follow your sex life. It's been amazing. I should just lie and make up a story. But uh, um, so, what phases did I say last time? I I, you went through a food phase at the the beginning. I was turned on by food, sexually aroused by food, for sure. Um, And then I went through a nesting phase of um, making the house and buying a whole lot of crap I do not need that I look at now and think, what was I doing? Um, And actually at the moment, um, yeah, I'm still actually not going through a high sex drive phase. Um, Actually, to tell you the truth, especially in the evening, I'm so exhausted at the end of the day. I'm just like, nobody touch me. I just want to curl up (laughs) in my bed with my cup of tea and I am happy just drifting off to sleep. Sleep is a blissful wonderland while I'm pregnant now. But I have to say, I have had a very sexual erotic dream. And it was so real. It was so real. It was with um, a surfer boy. Uh Yeah, I know. In my past, I used to have the hots for surfers. Oh, my God, they're so hot. Bad boys and fit and, like, naughty. And so, yeah, I met this. I was on holiday at a surf beach, and I met a surfer boy. And he had a van. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, he so invited there's some me back. to his van, yeah, in the back of the van. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, so, okay, so okay. That, well, that was perfect for me because I can combine my two favorite things in the world, which is sex and sleeping at the same time. I had sex while sleeping. That's so perfect for me. So happy. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right, that was only in your dreams. But today we have two very special guests in the house. And you can hear from my voice that we are talking about a male presence. This room is so full with testosterone that I'm so excited. I'm not really sure that I can handle this situation. And I mean, my colleague Lady Lou and I, we are always late for recordings. And this was the first day, time in seventh episode that we arrived on time and actually we arrived early because we have two hot boys here with us. Lady Lou, do you want to introduce them to us and to our listeners? Yes, so we have the privilege of being invited to the backstage room of the briefs. And as Lada said, we have two super handsome, delightful gentlemen. Uh, we have the evil hate monkey and uh, Captain Kid here is squashed in between us while we're recording. Oh, it's getting a bit hot and steamy in here. I tell you, my life as a pregnant woman has become a little bit boring these days. So for me, this is very exciting. And Lady Lou, we're really struggling to get to the point. We're not even able to introduce them. I mean, I'm going to describe the man sitting on my right. He's like, I mean, there's so much hair that it's enough for all the women of this planet. This is so sexy. He's like a 70s porn star. I mean, <laughs> I, can you please describe the man that is on your left? <laughs> fit, very fit, muscular, tattooed, looks like a bad boy. <laughs> I mean, okay, apart from them being sexy, I'm, sh I'm pretty much sure they have good skills. And I, not, and I don't mean like skills in bad. <laughs> but I mean, could, would you describe, who are they? So we have sitting with us uh, two boylesque um, champions. They won the boylesque crown, each of them. Um, Evil Hate Monkey, when did you win your crown? What year was that? I won the crown, boylesque hall of fame, in 2010 in Las Vegas, Nevada. And Captain Kidd, when did you win yours? I managed to win the year after the Evil Hate Monkey in 2011. A rogue Australian came in and took the crown. <laughs> but you didn't take the crown, I gave you the I crown. <laughs> I handed it over. Monkey made me a new crown. It was a cute, yeah. cute crown. Trucker, <laughs> trucker hat. <laughs> trucker hat with a camp crown and crap loads of Swarovski crystals. <laughs> I mean, let's explain to our listeners what the Burlesque Hall of Fame is. It is the biggest burlesque pageant in the world. I mean, even just being selected to participate, it's huge. So winning the crown, it's enormous. So the two boys that are sitting here are really, really huge stars of the burlesque world. And I have to say, um, there is quite a difference between boylesque and burlesque for to be a boylesque performer um, you have to be extremely entertaining with uh, your technique uh, because, because you don't have tits yes women have the advantage of boobs and uh, so and basically the the female style is um, towards the striptease but uh, whereas men of course uh, the boobs are not so impressive 
so you have to be more inventive. So what I'm saying is um, I think burlesque performers are highly skilled in other areas and combine their striptease with, with skills. So in order to win the crown, um, this is uh, someone who is extremely talented performer. So uh, Monkey, what, what would you say would be your talent? Shenanigans would be my first. Uh, I like to try to take something that is classic. For instance, the number that I won with was my point number. So I wanted to take a skill such as point and put a monkey spin on it. So the first thing I needed to do was actually learn how to do some proper point before I could make fun of it. So for that act, that was the skill that I worked on a lot to, to make that number happen. So you took ballet classes with the with I took the some shoes, yeah or? I took some some uh, adult ballet classes I had some when I was growing up as a little monkey uh, you know times not in a tree I would go to a class or two in high school um, yeah and I, it was just the image of seeing a monkey in a tutu doing point that needed to be put on stage and if I might add something, he's the sexiest banana peeler in the world. I mean, one of his acts, he's peeling a banana, making all these sexy noises that I would like you to reproduce now on the radio for us. Peel a banana. Peel a banana. I'd, uh, oh, oh. Or touch my boobs. I mean, <laughs> if that inspires you. <laughs> what do your boobs have to do with the banana? I'm just finding excuses to be touched by these boys. <laughs> Okay, so right now I'm 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 peeling and touching a banana, a boob. I'm I'm very I'm I'm so confused right now. Come on, just make the noise, make love to us. Uh. We're only five minutes into the show, Lada. Keep your clothes on, girl. We've got a whole hour. I don't have time for foreplay. Just give it to me. <laughs> Before the bells go off again. <laughs> so, so Captain Kid, what would you say is your speciality, your talent? Ooh, um, I think my speciality has a bit of a assholeism <laughs> flavour to it, um, with a bit of circus-infused slapstick, I guess. Um, yeah, very physical, very sort of circusy and a little bit cheeky. And I know that your father was a circus performer, so how much does he inspire you in your everyday creation and art life? Yeah, my father was um, a slapstick comedian in the 60s in Australia, and yeah, it's a strange circle that I've come because looking back at old photos, just um, in clown face, just being a complete idiot child with my father. Um, yeah, but I didn't do anything for maybe 20 years and started quite late in circus and brought burlesque into it, but then looking back, it's very obvious why, because, yeah, and it's definitely in the genes and how it does come through your family is quite crazy. Was there a time in, in your life that you rebelled against the um, circus lifestyle, like as most teenagers do, they don't want to be like their parents, and then you went back to it? Yeah, we were taught by my father to tumble and do acrobatics, um, and I think maybe when I was 10 or 11, I just went, no more, I'm sick of it. You know, it's your father teaching you. Yeah. Um, so I decided to do karate. Oh. <laughs> Become a ninja. Oh. <laughs> that didn't work out well. Uh, the old kid can look after himself. Yeah. <laughs> some some Australian policeman can, <laughs> can prove that right. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Monkey? How did you get inside the circus world? 
Uh, Circus World kind of found me a l a later in life. I guess I was about 22. Uh, I I'd started doing burlesque with my wife Trixie Little, and we were just interested in in taking it up a notch and not doing just straight burlesque. And I mean, at that point, it was already a weird act because it was a duo, a male and a female. Oh, not even a male, a monkey and a female. Doing stripping, and we wanted to find uh, funnier, weird ways of taking it off. So acrobatics seemed like a, a fun way to do it, and it actually came out of us doing swing dance classes as like part of our courtship. Um, and then we liked the the flipping aspect of it. We just didn't really like the dancing, <laughs> so we decided to take some some circus classes in Vermont, and that's really where it started for us. And how many years ago was that that you started burlesque with your wife? That was in 2002, I think, something like okay, that. 2002, right, right. 2003. Okay, so you've been doing it really quite some time then. Yeah. 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 Nice. <laughs> so these boys with other boys that are as sexy and well skilled at them created this amazing show called The Briefs. That for our French listeners, and I know we have many, is going to be running in Paris on the 18th, 19th, and 20th of June at L'Européen. Lady Lou, would you tell us more about this show? I know that you have a very particular experience on the first time that you saw it. Yes, I'd love to share the story of my first briefs experience. I shouldn't share mine because it was a total illegal story, mm. including <laughs> drugs and MDMA. So that was in Edinburgh. So I'll let you just describe your story. <laughs> okay, mine, mine definitely didn't involve drugs. It involved my 70-year-old auntie and uncle. Actually, they were visiting from a very small town in. New Zealand. They came all the way to Berlin to see us, and um, at the time the brief show was on, and a friend of mine uh, had seen the show and said, "Emma, you must see this show. You absolutely have to go." And it was the last night of the show, and um, my auntie and uncle, auntie. Uh, Auntie Fiona and Uncle Charlie were here, so I thought, "Oh, let's take them along." Now I knew it was going to be a little bit scandalous, of course, boyleskoys is, but I didn't quite know how scandalous. So anyway, my uncle's wearing his rugby shirt, his All Blacks rugby shirt. Yes, very proud of his rugby shirt he is. And uh, <laughs> in we go. We sit down. We take our seat, and the show begins. And so they had never ever seen. A drag queen. They knew of gay people, but it was something of you know. The, <laughs> of, of gay. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, oh, you know those gays, those gays. <laughs> so you can imagine this was quite an eye opener when the lights came on. The boys came out looking absolutely. Fabulously beautiful in their drag、mm. and their skimpy little shorts. My seventy-year-old auntie was squealing with delight and clapping her hands. My <laughs> uncle was sitting behind me. I could just hear him grunting、uh, every now and again. <laughs> I don't know if it was disapproval or delight. I'm not sure to this day. And、uh, so the show was going on. Monkey comes out. 
and he has his banana. And as we just said, he has a delightful way of with this banana he does. He really enjoys the banana. And uh, yes, he's getting really excited about this banana. <laughs> oh, Lord. And then he jumps off the stage and he sees coming through the audience. Oh, no. And he's looking for a victim. He's looking for a man. He looks at our table. And I have to say, my 70-year-old uncle had just had major heart surgery before he left <laughs> New Zealand. And I was thinking, no, monkey, no. You, I don't know if my uncle will live through your banana experience. No, 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 no. And then you just went past us and chose the man at the next table. <laughs> and we love to watch what you did with him and the banana. It was absolutely hilarious and scandalous. And wow. I was just happy that it wasn't my uncle. I'm glad I didn't give him a so, heart attack. I, I would, know, I would add that to my resume. Though. have happened very close. <laughs> he was very red in the face and very sweating at this point. So, it, I, I, yeah, it was close. And then, so at halftime... We uh, downed quite a few drinks um, and then went back in. And it was uh, this part of the show where the boys do a dog show. And, uh, yeah, it's really funny. The, they have uh, some of the boys are the dog owners and some of the do- uh, boys are the, the pets, the, the pretty dogs. <laughs> and they all have different personalities and different styles in this dog competition. And the grand finale of the whole show it gets more and more scandalous as the show the dog show goes on (laughs) and then it turns out that um, one of the dog owners is having sex with his dog and shock horror there is a moment when one of the dogs shits into the mouth of the owner (laughs) and okay I learnt later it was chocolate pudding but from a distance, it looks so real. And oh my God, I almost died. Who told you it was but- chocolate pudding? <laughs> Is it not? No, it's real. No, please. It's really nutty and sweet. (laughs) But I mean, in our last episode, we had one of the clients of our dominatrix lady, Velvet Steel, that actually ate dog shit in front of her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you know, these things actually exist. So they're not even being really scandalous. We know all about it. Yeah, this is so tame. It's such a tame (laughs) act of nature, and I think we have (laughs) gained a lot of... um, Berlin fetish fans. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all anyone talks about with the show is that, is that moment. Scheiße! Anyway, I, I, I thought, oh my God, my, my auntie and uncle are just going to disown me after this. <laughs> but after the show, it was the exact opposite. They were so excited. They were overjoyed. They, it, they looked like teenagers again. We went out into the foyer and it's so great. The, the brief boys, they come out after the show and stand in the foyer and meet all of the fans. And uh, my uh, auntie, she brought a tea towel with the picture of all the boys on it to take back to her kitchen in New Zealand. And she said to my uncle, oh, Uncle Charlie, we're going to go home, aren't we? We're going to have a dinner party. and We're going to use the tea towel. And we're going to have bananas for dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Baked bananas. Um, Chocolate sauce. <laughs> I'm pretty much sure that everyone can remember their first time with the briefs, but Captain Kidd, would you maybe tell us how did it all started? What was your first time with the briefs? I know it was like a 
like a smaller club gig, right, in the beginning, and then it became this huge touring show. So how did it all start? Yeah, Briefs is a monster now, these days, but um, it started out in a tiny little warehouse slash bookshop in the back of a building in Brisbane in the suburbs, um, maybe seven years ago? Almost eight, I think. I was trying to remember this morning, I think almost eight. So it started out as a little speakeasy where um, it was hosted by a Fez, the bearded lady, and all our friends did sort of short acts, brief acts. So it was this, the shtick was brief acts for you know, in briefs. So it turned out, it turned out just to be like a crazy party for all our friends to come and you know try out new acts. And we sold raffle tickets to make money to sell beer illegally. And it was very underground. Um, and now it's just yeah, seven years later, it's turned into this monster that's. Um, sweeping the nations of the world. <laughs> and for our burlesque listeners out there that are starting small shows and then wish one day to be as big as you are, would you have an advice on how to get a show so popular? Like, what is the secret? Is it just like good vibes or would you have anything practical to advise, to, to tell to our burlesque listeners in particular? I think, yeah, definitely follow your passion with if you're starting out in a small show, but I think the main thing with briefs is the combination of personalities and the boys we're all good mates, we're all good friends, and we can sort of talk about anything. And you know, we, we really work stuff out as a group. And yeah, we have a ball, we have so much fun on the road, and it is, it's, it captures the old sort of variety slash rock and roll era. Great, and so you, Monkey, you have joined the show how many years ago? And I joined about two years ago. So how was it when they asked? Were you excited? Like, <laughs> and how has it been this experience for you? I mean, and as well, I mean, there is something to say that this show is quite gay-oriented gay and you're super heterosexual, so how does it feel being in this gay show and having so many gay fans as well? Well, I don't necessarily consider it a gay show. I would consider it a gay-leaning show, Yeah. but it is a show for everyone. Mm. You could bring your mother, you could bring your father. That That's something I... I would like people to know about it. You can bring your uncle from New you Zealand. You can bring your uncle from New Zealand <laughs> and... and and the rugby and team. be a little bit scared that he might get shit on. Um, yeah, I joined about two years ago, and it was a bit life changing because I was home in New York City, gigging, doing doing the New York grind, and all of a sudden it was like, "Hey, can you come and do this for three months?" And it's turned into two years now, and now I'm just going down that road and riding the roller coaster of briefs. Yeah, it's been great to have the little American on board. The Seppo. The Seppo. Yeah. Because it's an all Australian. Ah, yeah, you fucking can't. <laughs> <laughs> all Australian cast, but then we broke the rules by getting this little New Yorker, and it's been brilliant. And then a... the show really took off. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> how we became famous. <laughs> we have discovered the secret then. I mean, you need a monkey in a show to get it popular. Yeah, hey, a <laughs> shitting monkey. <laughs> hey, Captain Kidd, have you had any moment in these eight, seven, eight years of the brief history where you thought, this is never going to work? Was there any moment where you were a little bit like down and really not believing that this is going to get you anywhere? Um, I think I believe that it was always going to work because it was sort of my dream to have this all-male show and really inspired by a lot of the old American burlesque and variety legends and I think yeah just the combination of a refreshing sort of political satire based boyless show I think is um, is what drove us because we really wanted to try pushing boundaries I think exactly the way we are now and making it you know genderless and making it for everybody I think is what is really exciting. 
So, I'd just like to question you on this scandalous uh, aspect of the show. So, mm-hmm. in, in the variety and cabaret scene, um, especially in Berlin, the audiences are generally uh, of a mature age, and it seems to be quite watered down um, and quite conservative. Um, but this show is uh, really scandalous, shocking, sexual. And do you think that has been the key to your success? And um, how, how do you know your limits of what you can do? Is there a limit? I think we as a group have just decided to just go there with it. And if, if a place is telling us to pull back, that's when we test the limits a little bit more. We've learned from past experiences that pulling back actually dumbs down the show and it doesn't make it what Briefs is. And as soon as we do that, everything just starts to crumble. It's like these pieces have been put in place for a certain reason to test the audience and to test people's sensibility. And so we we want to push those boundaries. And yeah, we, we definitely have learned that mistake in the past and we have learned from it and moved forward. And we're like, this is the show. Yeah. You've asked for this show and this is what we're going to do in the show. And so if, if you find it a problem, then don't book us because this is the show. Yeah, it's very important that we never again compromise on the artistic integrity of what we deliver. Because it is, it's such a journey, it's such a trip of a show and it all makes sense in the end. <laughs> Wonderful, and I really think that it seems like that's the key to your success. Yeah, you've got to really believe in what you're doing and not not try to tailor it for a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Then it becomes like you're a politician and you know, you're not going to win over everyone. So fuck it, don't worry about it. Just keep moving forward and you'll gain other people along the way and the other ones will drop away and you don't really fucking need them. Yeah, and they see the honesty, they see the artistic integrity that we deliver. Like it's such a a strong moment for all of us in the show. Exactly. You uh, have this, like I say, scandalous behaviour, but uh, at the same time it's mixed with uh, great technique and a uh, very high standard of skill. And I think as well that makes it more digestible for an audience to watch. Like, mm. okay, they're doing all of this crazy outrageous stuff that perhaps is shocking me, but they're very skilled at the way they do it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's definitely important if you're going to, for us to, if you're going to do something that is shocking, to, to back it up with skill. Otherwise, it's, you, why are you doing it? I, just to shock people? I, I mean, it's easy just to shock people, but to win them over in a shock value mm. sort of way, is, that's, that's a real skill. And to flip their thinking, I think, is yes. such a great thing to, you know, someone's come to the show in the beginning they're sitting there with their arms crossed and not so excited and then by the end they're taking photos and ripping their bras off and <laughs> throwing pan- that's, panties. That's just Lada. <laughs> I'm directly opening my legs. Like, it's just like, take me boys, all of them, all in one. I have enough holes for everyone. <laughs> all right, let's take a small musical break now. Why don't we listen to the song that gave you your name, Captain Kidd? Ah, a little number by Ella May Morse. Captain Kidd. There was a guy who sailed the ocean He used to make a big commotion Do 
doing things the law forbid. The character was known as Captain Kidd. He'd sink a boat to get the jewelry. He wouldn't stand for no tomfoolery. Nobody found the loot he hid. A lucky buccaneer was Captain Kidd. He used to make with the skull and bones. To him it was a merry prank. And just to get a laugh from David Jones, he made his rival boogie-woogie off the plane. From playing pirate, carried a gun and liked to fire it. Thought it was smart for what he did, but he was only kidding. Captain Kidd, you'll never find his name up in the Hall of Fame. It was the strangest mystery of history. He never got nowhere, being a hypocrite. But here's the clue to how he met his Waterloo. One day he went and found a honey. She took the boy for all his money. Soon after that, he flipped his lid and finished up the tale of Captain Kidd. Radio für Berlin. Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. You've just been listening to the 1949 hit by LMA Morse, Captain Kidd. Oh, Captain Kidd, you have such a sexy radio voice. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm speaking American. <laughs> you sat out. Because you just want to be as sexy as the monkey, I, I guess. do. I'm, I'm trying to grow my hair. My <laughs> manicured hair won't grow like that. All right, back to the questions. So, you were saying that you like to provoke your audience and in turn this opens their minds up to a little to um, a different ways of thinking. Uh, so... At face value, your show is about entertainment, uh, but underlining that, do you think you have uh, more of a political agenda view, uh, point of view there that you like to deliver to your audience? Yeah, I really think it's there's an underlying tone of um, political satire and gender-specific um, ideas within the acts, and the MC, Fez, slash Shivana, um, she provokes a lot of the, the thought patterns that the audience will think throughout the show because it's there's lots of um 
comments on gender, comments on celebration of the human, not the human, the male form. Um, yeah, and in the end we have this very sort of subtle pastiche disco number which um, celebrates um, a political part of Australia which has an Aboriginal flag over the top of the English flag. So there's a lot of sort of underlying political ideas and there's also a few sort of face value um, images that people can take away with them. And do you find your audience, do they comment and discuss these topics with you later or does it just go in uh, a bit more subtly and maybe they think about it uh, later? Or? Um, a bit of both I think, especially in Australia they'll sort of recognise the Aboriginal flag a bit more, so th more so than say Germany, um, England, they sort of, they will recognise it and um, yeah, a lot of, just depends where we are th I think. So would you... I, I guess that maybe many of our listeners don't exactly know what's going on in Australia and what is exactly the battle that you're fighting for. Would you like to explain it to them a bit more, a bit more in detail, what's going on in Australia right now and what is the, uh, what, are, what are the fights for the Aboriginal rights right now and where are we standing now in Australia with that matter? Yeah, it's quite sad. The political situation in Australia is quite um, backwards compared to the rest of the world, in my opinion. and. The Prime Minister makes atrocious decisions and um, yeah the Indigenous people are treated quite bad and it has gone back to a point in time where it's just history repeating itself in the way people are displaced um, from their homes. Yeah it's pretty crazy. Um, hopefully it'll change. And how do you feel about the uh, European audience? Uh, do you feel like they're more open-minded then? than? Uh, than the Australian ones maybe? How do you feel about the German audience here, the tippy, or how do you think the Parisian audience in in June is going to be? I think the Germans, German audience are very sort of intellect, I think. They're very educated. Um, they have, they're very opinionated, which is great and interesting. They give you feedback about certain acts, which is interesting. Um, yeah, it's a whole different, different style of audience, I guess, but Paris, we have no idea. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be marvelous. I mean, no one can resist you, not even grumpy Parisians, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll give them a show. <laughs> so let's get to the part of the show where you ask us questions. Let's just remind me briefly, how do you send us questions? So you can do that by sending us an email on questions.burlesconeer at gmail.com or even better, you can send us a voice message on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash burlesconeer. So you listeners might know already that we have one very special follower. His name is Pervy Paul and he sends us pictures of his penis every month. And I mean, we love that. So we, uh, we invite you all to send us pictures of your penises, like share the penis love, you know? So he has a very special question for Captain Kidd. And he's been very, uh, I mean, he's very interested in that very specific and beautiful trimming of yours, of your pubic hair. So oh. what is the secret of it? Oh, the old Captain Kidd manscaping situation. Um, yeah, I just have to have a good mirror. <laughs> I need, it's taken a lot of years to perfect the shape. Um, I'll trim it and look at it, walk away, go back, trim it, <laughs> walk away. <laughs> and sometimes I will squat over a mirror, depending on oh where I am. Oh my god. Is that for trimming your asshole? Yeah. 
Why did you sell it like a live Skype camera? And I would pay for it. Oh, okay. It's a good like. I have great business ideas. I'm very Eastern European. I want money, money, money. Perennium video, perfect. <laughs> and I mean, then I'm sure that other listeners have probably noticed that. The evil monkey has the opposite charm, which is the one that I personally prefer, which is hair, 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 hair always, 100% hair, and they are so shiny. I mean, I touch them, and it's like... Do you want to touch like them now? I'm touching them now, and yeah. it's like the clouds of paradise. I mean... You could lay your head in it. St. Paul has baptized them. This is like, I mean, girls, I wish you could touch this. It's just, wow. Are you pro or against pubic hair? <laughs> like, that's a serious question of the mind. Like for women for, or For men women or men? Both! Oh. Um... Whoo! Well... <laughs> I... I... You know, it's all good. I've, 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 I've been around both ends of it, and I, I enjoy both... Both, um... Both hair and no hair. To be... Quite frankly, honest. <laughs> I'm doing an awful job. <laughs> You're so diplomatic. You just want all the women, like, don't cut out any, any. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can't. Um, I mean, I, I like, I do like hair, definitely. And hair down there, sure. A good '70s bush. Why not? Let's go for it. <laughs> oh, we're all growing the hair right away. <laughs> Revolution, women. <laughs> but you can shape it into a heart. I love that. Or a banana. Oh my Ooh. god. First girl who does that. <laughs> I will peel it. <laughs> and we have come to the end of this interview, unfortunately. But you can check a little bit more of these boys and their hotness on our video tutorial that you can find on our Facebook page. So just go on Facebook and um, find Burlesque on Air. And in two weeks, you will have a very, very sexy fitness and stretching class with the Brief Boys. And for this video tutorial, my personal fitness trainer Christian Gobel is gonna join us. So stay tuned for that as well. But if you want to follow the Briefs adventure, you can check their website briefsfactory.com or find them on Facebook, Briefs All Male, All Vaudeville, All Circus. So don't miss their show in Paris on the 18th, 19th and 20th of June at L'Européen. And goodbye, Captain Kid, and goodbye, Monkey. Goodbye, girls and boys. Goodbye, thank you very much. Thank you for being with us. So, Monkey, would you like to choose a song for us? Girls, just make it romantic, please. Make love to us. Yeah. Why don't you uh, have fun listening to Do the Monkey by Ooh. King Curtis? Oh, I would do the monkey anytime.
88.4 Alex. Guckste, hörste, klickste. So we just listened to Do the Monkey by King Curtis and we said goodbye unfortunately to the brief boys, but we didn't say goodbye to all the boys in this radio show and we have a very special guest today with us, my fitness trainer. He's hot, he has a great mustache, he's amazing, he's fit and his name is Christian Goebel. Welcome to Ask Lou and Lada. Hi, Lara. <laughs> Look, you're the sweetest person on earth. I mean, I enjoy so much taking your classes. You're probably the only reason that I enjoy doing sport. So could you tell to our listeners where, where can they find you if they want to do some fitness with you? <laughs> Thank you so much for the compliment. So I'm teaching at the Holmes Place at the Hermannplatz on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. God, you should all go and you will find me there trying to get fit and trying to get all this belly from my fat out from eating so much. All right, so we have some questions for you, for our burlesque listeners that want to keep fit. Hi, Chris. Um, I'm Lady Lou. Nice mm. to meet you. Nice to meet you, Lou. Uh, so my question is the hardest thing about keeping fit is staying motivated uh, and committed to working out. Uh, do you have any suggestions about how to uh, stay committed to your workout regime? If you are completely unhappy with your body and the whole time and you look in the mirror uh, for a long time, then you decided anywhere to go to the gym, maybe. <laughs> well, I look in, into the mirror and I'm, I'm actually happy with uh, what I have, actually. Mm. I've worked very hard to get to that place. But, of course, I think um, I encourage women to, to feel good and confident about the body that they have. But also, it's important to uh, stay fit and exercise. But it's just really hard to keep motivated when you've had a long day at work and you're really tired. And then you have to work out. And do you have any tips just to make that interesting? How do you just keep going and put your gym clothes on and, and do it? Maybe you take your girlfriend Lada together and you can motivate it together and that's the best thing to go to the gym. Oh my God, I'd be terrified to go have a <laughs> gym partner as Lada. She's a hard woman. She just pushed me until I break. <laughs> I had communist regime gym. <laughs> so maybe that's not the best idea. But then in this case, I would suggest to have a super hot gym teacher like you are. I mean, I would go to the gym anyway just for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, then of course, you know, I have different, you know, problems in life than Lady Lou. So I would just ask you, what is the alcoholic beverage with less calories? Like, what am I allowed to drink in a club that won't make me really fat? Oh, maybe alcohol-free beer, so I don't know. <laughs> no, with alcohol in. Uh -huh. So, like, let's get in order. Which one has less calories? Gin and tonic, rum and cola, or a mojito? Oh, I don't know exactly. Um, all three are with sugar, so maybe <laughs> you should drink uh, vodka pur or a couple um, uh, what is things rum pur. And yeah, I don't know. Nothing without sugar. Look, that's uh, perfect for me. Yeah. Between vod pure vodka, it just sounds like the perfect answer. Thank you oh, for whiskey. giving me this advice. <laughs> 
So do you have any um, good stretching exercises that could also strengthen muscle uh, in the butt and the thigh area, which I guess is the problem area of most women? Is there something easy that you could do every day uh, when you get out of bed before you start your day uh, to strengthen and uh, build, tone the muscles in the butt and the thigh area? Yeah, I, I can show you some exercises, or should you explain here? <laughs> Squats are great for, for, for the butt and our lunges and... Especially when you have a male underneath you. I mean, I would squat any time with the monkey underneath me checking me. Well, by the way, what do you think is the best sex position to burn calories? all kinds of sex positions. Oh, <laughs> no exceptions, I agree on that. But I guess being on top burns more calories, right, than just being underneath. Yeah, for, for the woman, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so Chris, do you have any suggestions of uh, things to eat before a show? Because sometimes I eat something and it can, can make me feel big and bloated, and, um, but you want something that fills you up but gives you energy. Yeah, probably the best is you eat something light, like a salad or, um, I don't know, drink some water. And maybe or when you're nervous, um, you should eat something sweet, like uh, Snickers or nuts or so. Oh, so Chris, are you suggesting that I should drink mojitos before going on stage then, if I need sweetness? It's a good idea. Oh, there you go. You see, Chris is like, he's making all my desires coming true and he's giving like a fitness sense to them. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today. So for those who are following us on our YouTube channel as well, you should absolutely check the video tutorial of this month, which is going to be a very special fitness class with Chris himself and the brief boys that are going to teach him some very special stretching techniques. So don't miss that and check our page www.facebook.com slash for getting the video tutorial to you and training with us all summer long. Thank you for coming in, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Lad and Lou. So, Chris, before leaving us, why don't you give us a tip on the perfect song to get your fitness training on? So, at the moment, I like the Temptation remix, Papa was a Rolling Stone. Great, then let's listen to it.
Never worked a day in his life. And mama, some bad talk going around town saying that Papa had three outside children and another wife. And that ain't right. Heard some talk about Papa doing some storefront preaching, talking about saving souls and all the time leeching, dealing in that and stealing in the name of the Lord. Mama just wanted to say. Time to answer one question from our listener uh, before we finish the show. And today we have a message from Nora from Berlin. So let's listen. Hallo, liebes Bolesko und Team. Hier ist Nora aus Berlin. Ich habe mal eine Frage. Und zwar brauche ich immer 30 Minuten, bis ich zum Orgasmus komme. Kann man das irgendwie beschleunigen? Also die Frage auf Englisch für Lady Lou und Lada Red Star. Nora from Berlin has problems, or maybe not problems, but she it takes her 30 minutes to get an orgasm and how can she speed up this process? So dear listeners, as you have just heard, don't be shy. You can send us your questions in any language. We are a very international team here and we speak Italian, French, English, German. So just send us your questions in any language you desire. Hello, Nora. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think uh, a lot of women uh, feel the same and think think about this issue. Um, but I think I don't know. Do you agree, Suzanne and Lada, that actually 30 minutes is not that short of time? That's kind of normal. How it, about you, ladies? For me, it definitely takes 30, at least 30 minutes. I think it's super average. Hmm. Yeah, I think you shouldn't be worried, Nora. And I mean. 
You're super lucky as well to, you know, be able to enjoy sex for so long. Just don't see it like as a negative thing, see it as a positive thing. For example, sometimes I get really, really horny and I come very quickly. And then I'm sort of in this like down and relaxed mood. And I, I don't know if I enjoy so much the rest of the sex. So it's actually a great thing that you can last so long. But I guess it's great, a great thing if your partner can also last that long. Um... So I can just talk from my personal experience. Um, f- in order for me to reach an orgasm, I really have to let go of all of my thoughts, close my eyes and just stop thinking basically and just feel, the be in the moment. And as soon as I start thinking about something like, oh, I don't know, um, I'm hungry. <laughs> or this is taking too long or I wonder if I look really fat in this position <laughs> what? Yeah. you know or you know it's just things that can pop into your mind as, as soon as this happens then I'm back to square one with this uh, reaching the climax and um, so I think putting pressure on yourself uh, and this time limit I don't think it's going to help I think it will just probably well for me it would make it worse so you've just got to let go talk to your partner about it um, and hopefully he can hold on and uh, give you that time i think what's very important as well is like to prepare yourself in a sexy mood before sex and i'm not only talking about foreplays i'm just talking about being in a sexy situation you know it can be just something that can arouse you it's like candles and nice music and it just puts this very sensual mood and it gives you a little bit of goosebumps already even before starting and when you're like horny even just before starting the actual sexual act I mean it already puts you in a mood to come much much faster as well I think what's very important is the communication with your own body and your partner so don't hesitate to touch yourself you know and don't hesitate as well to communicate with your partner the positions that probably you know give you more pleasure so as well explore sex and explore the positions that uh, um, excite you more and uh, stimulate your vagina you know so I think that's a very important thing so communication with your own body and uh, when you see that your partner is about to come and I mean then start touching yourself and maybe you can come together and that's the I guess it's the most beautiful thing actually when you come together with your partner and it's a very very rare thing that could happen without masturbation I think it's quite amazing when it happens naturally it happens sometimes but it's quite rare and it's so much easier to reach that orgasm point together when actually the 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 woman helps herself with masturbating so she knows exactly how to make herself come and, and at one point and I mean that's like fireworks and it's amazing so but in order to be able to um reach a climax through masturbation while having sex with your partner it's important that you uh, practice this at home by yourself Uh, the more you practice uh, by yourself um, the quicker you can get at it and uh, the easier it will become when your partner is there and you can maybe speed up the process this way if you practice masturbating by yourself at home but Nora if you are um, in the position where 
you're worried that it takes 30 minutes because your partner is the one who is getting restless or bored or impatient because he can come faster, which men can. Um, And this is what's making you feel rushed and under pressure. Well, I think uh, you have to really take your man, sit him down, talk with him and say, hey, this is not my problem, it's your problem. (laughs) And if you want me to come faster, you have to work harder for it. So I'm sure Beyonce is saying that to Jay-Z. <laughs> Bring it up, woman. <laughs> so, you know, oral sex, get him to go down on you before. And, um, you know, he has to work really hard at that. And then when you're really turned on and almost even close to an orgasm, that's when he can start. And then you'll be ready to go. Or if that man is not enough, just get two. Go to a threesome with two men, and then maybe they can satisfy a woman like you with a capital W. Also die Tipps von Lady Lou und Lada Redstar waren folgende. Lady Lou hat gesagt, dass wenn sie beim Sex an etwas anderes denkt, also wenn sie zum Beispiel anfängt an Essen zu denken, dann ist das schon ein Zeichen dafür, dass sie nicht richtig bei der Sache ist. Und wenn dann noch dieser Zeitdruck hinzukommt, dann wird es umso schlimmer. Also man sollte am besten gar nicht daran denken, sondern einfach nur fühlen beim Sex. Und Lara hat gesagt, dass wenn man sich beim Sex selbst berührt als Frau, dass es dann oft auch schneller geht. Oder wenn man zum Beispiel weiß, in welcher Sexposition man eher stimuliert wird, dann sollte man versuchen, seinen Partner dazu zu bringen, sich in diese Sexposition zu begeben. Und überhaupt sollte man einfach dann viel öfter masturbieren, denn dadurch lernt man sich selber viel besser kennen und kann dann eben diese Techniken auch beim Sex selber anwenden. Am Ende sagte Lady Lou noch, dass wenn dieser Druck, den Nora verspürt, dass eben 30 Minuten zu lang sind, um zu einem Orgasmus zu kommen, dass dass wenn dieser Druck von ihrem Partner kommt, weil der es nicht so lange aushält, dann sollte ihr Partner eher an sich arbeiten. Dann ist es eher das Problem des Partners und Nora sollte sich davon nicht unter Druck setzen lassen, sondern sich hinsetzen und mit ihm reden. Und oftmals hilft zum Beispiel Oralsex dabei, schneller in Fahrt zu kommen. Und dann, wenn Nora richtig heiß ist, also nach dem Oralsex, dann können beide zusammen schneller kommen. And that was it for this episode of Ask Lou and Lada. Don't miss the next one on the 8th of July. And to create this episode, to make it really exciting, you should definitely send us your questions. And don't hesitate to be kinky. Don't hesitate to try to get the secrets of our showgirl and burlesque life. So send us your questions now on questions.burlesconair at gmail.com or even better, just like Nora from Berlin, send us your voice message on our Facebook page facebook.com slash burlesconair and if you don't know how to send the voice message uh, by Facebook messages then you can watch the amazing video tutorial that we put online on our Facebook page and just follow just follow the instructions and send us your naughtiest questions and it's going to be a huge pleasure for us to answer you And don't forget to look out for our fabulous fitness YouTube tutorial that we made with the briefs and that will be released on June 24th and you can find the links on our Facebook page, on our SoundCloud page as well and uh, don't forget to check it out and try it. 
So goodbye for now, and we will see you next time. Goodbye from Lady Lou. Goodbye from La The Red Star. Goodbye from Suzanne. Und verantwortlich für diese Sendung ist auch Suzanne. Bye. Bye. Bye.